Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Andy Mazur. All right, John and Joe, thanks so very much as we are here for Blackhawks postgame show on WGN Radio. 3-1 final Nashville over the Blackhawks here tonight. But as the guys pointed out, an entertaining game. And uh, one of those kind of games, again, that you look at and you think, okay, yeah, I know there's no such thing as a moral victory. But when you look at the way the the week kind of transpired, and the actually a week plus uh, transpired here for the Blackhawks with the trade deadline approaching and all the uh, subtractions that they had to this team and some young additions, you really weren't expecting. Uh, you didn't know what to expect, really, when the when the Hawks came out tonight. And uh, they gave a great effort here. They scored the first goal of the game. Unfortunately, gave up the next two and then the empty netter at the end to uh, seal it. And a 3-1 final for the Nashville Predators here over the Blackhawks at the United Center. Uh, John mentioned a great crowd here tonight. They were uh, treated to some entertaining hockey. Uh, again, even when the Blackhawks weren't scoring, they were doing some little things that give you a little bit of glimmer of hope that uh, some of these young guys, and again, it's really early in their development and their process, but you know, y- you look for those kind of forward steps. Uh, yeah, there have been a couple of backward steps, obviously, but uh, that's uh, what to expect with, uh, with a young group. But uh, a lot of positives here to point out tonight. We'll bring in Joe Brandt who uh, got to take this one in upstairs uh, right uh, next to John Weideman. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, Joe, that, you know, we weren't exactly sure. We, we talked about this in between periods. Not really sure what to expect from this team tonight, but uh, they did a nice job coming off that tumultuous week. No, for sure, and, and especially at the beginning of it. I know this game resulted in a 3-1 loss, and, uh, you know, maybe they peaked a little bit too quickly in this game, but I think even if that happens – this team has shown itself what they're capable of early on without any games under their belt with this group right now. And, you know, we're still waiting on uh, Austin Wagner to join the team as well. So there are still going to be new pieces and moving pieces when guys are, are moved around from the AHL and the NHL. So, you know, it, it is going to continue to be a merry-go-round. But, uh, again, all you can hope for is a hard-nosed effort each and every night. And for the most part, the Hawks definitely supplied that tonight. It's it's. I know it's kind of hard to sell on a fan base. You know that hey, they 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 played well, they played hard, but you know they didn't they didn't win. But at the same time, you you have to have that. You have to have that uh, that foundation before you can have that ceiling that you were talking about. No, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and listen, I get it. I get if if people are on their way home and upset about the loss, and you know thinking we're sugarcoating things. And I understand how it can sound like that. But you're right. There's really nothing else that you can evaluate other than how hard this team is working. And again, if you want to get specific and start looking at certain players and seeing how they improve and they evolve for this organization, then do that. Because right now, the wins and losses are not going to be favorable because the Hawks are just going to be overmatched for a lot of these games. And that, that's just the case with the rebuild. And I know it's frustrating, and, and Hawks fans have the right to be frustrated, but at the very least, Kyle Davidson has been transparent and consistent with everything that he's wanted to do and incorporate, and he has stayed true to his word with this. And the Blackhawks just got a whole bunch of draft capital. Um, they, they're clearly setting themselves up to uh, do well at these next upcoming drafts. Kyle Davidson even then 
put the, uh, not the pressure, but basically the expectation on himself. Now it's the front office's job to succeed at the draft and succeed in evaluating and developing these players. There's still a long road ahead, and you can't win a season, you can't win anything just by uh, making trades for draft picks. you you still got a lot of work to do. But uh, for right now, for the here and now, what we can do is evaluate the players that do look like they're going to be part of the future for this team. And and if not, how is the coaching staff getting them ready? How is the coaching staff making them better and utilizing them as best they can? And, and right now, it's hard for me to criticize much uh, of any of that on uh, Luke Richardson and his coaching staff's part. Yeah, Kyle has definitely put himself on the clock here as far as the yeah, uh, yeah. the draft is going. And, you know, the thing you pointed out is the thing that amazes me the most about this process is that, you know, there's a lot of lip service that gets paid uh, during certain rebuilds. And I'm, I'm not talking specifically about this one. I'm not even really talking about this one at all because, as you pointed out, we have been privy and just not just members of the media, but I think the way that they have been transparent with the fan base as well this is really not a surprise. I think the only surprise is that it's actually kind of happening the way that they said it was going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and if anyone thinks that that is us blowing smoke, then go ahead and listen to the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Go ahead and, and watch the uh, Every Shift episode on YouTube. I mean, th- there is nothing more transparent than Kyle Davidson's conversation with Patrick Kane telling him that, yeah, this is going to happen. You're going to the New York Rangers. And then... Patrick Kane expressing his appreciation for the way that Kyle Davidson did this whole process. And when Kyle Davidson talked with the media after trading Patrick Kane and talked with us on WGN, he was exhausted, both emotionally and and just because he was tired. Because it, it takes a lot to trade Patrick Kane. And let's remember, it's not just Kyle Davidson's choice. I mean, this is something he's got to clear with. Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner because it affects the entire Blackhawks organization. But also, at the end of the day, it was Patrick Kane's decision. So Patrick Kane wants to move. Kyle Davidson's going to make that happen if that's what Patrick Kane wants. So the transparency is the saving grace for the fan base right now because, like you said, then there's no surprises. If if Kyle Davidson says one thing and then does another, then you can call him out. Uh, but for right now, he's been staying true to his word. And listen, he's only had this job for a little over a year now, so there's still a lot more work to do. But at the ground floor of a rebuild, this is what it looks like. And this isn't even all to say that it's all going to work, but this is what it looks like. This is You have to crawl before you walk, and you have to walk before you run. So this is, I don't know, this is maybe even before crawling right now. I don't know what you can even call that. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, you, you know, you mentioned the uh, the every shift uh, situation there. It, it's almost like the quote unquote hard knocks of of NHL hockey and yeah. the the inside to as to what's going on. And fans, if you haven't looked at it and you haven't seen it on the Blackhawks website or on their YouTube channel, it's something that you have to look at and you have to watch because, as Joe pointed out, there was nothing hidden between uh, Kyle Davidson and Patrick Kane between Patrick Kane's uh, uh, associates and his, his agent and everything and the whole organization because the conversation was so heartfelt. <laughs> it, it almost brought a tear to my eye. It really it was did tough. when I was, I when mean, I was, it was listening tough. to it. You, know? uh, you, you could see the emotion in Kyle Davidson's face and his eyes. And again, then he, he he talked to the media. He talked to us on WGN Radio. I know he did a podcast like... Every time he answered these bells, he had to go through that whole process again and, and then just try to be able to muscle through it. Again, like 
Kyle Davidson has been a part of this organization for so long. I, I, I'm almost surprised when fans think, oh, he's just coming in and, and trying to blow up this whole thing and, and moving Kane. Like, no, Kyle Davidson was attached to Patrick Kane. Again, even in that every shift episode, he mentions how he, Patrick Kane's a big reason why Kyle Davidson has a couple of Stanley Cup rings. I, I mean, this is, this is not just he woke up in the morning and thought, okay, Patrick Kane needs to be moved. I, I understand. It's, it's, it's tough for fans. It's tough for a lot of people involved, but once you once you give your word, you got to stay true to it. And they wanted to do right by Kane, and it seems like that's the case. And there's got to be a time to move on. And it's it's not going to happen right away. But tonight was an example of it. The game against the Dallas Stars was an example of it. And each game that comes forward is going to be an, an example of it as well. And again, all the fans and, and us in the media can do right now is look at. What the players are doing on the ice right now. What type of motivation are they coming out with each and every night? Because this is going to be a rough ending to the season in terms of the win-loss record. But uh, kudos to the fans that came out tonight that once again stayed engaged. And uh, again, the Hawks made it a one-goal game till the final moment. Back-to-back nights, too. I mean, or back-to-back games, too. Because the Dallas Stars game, that's a team that is going to the playoffs. That's a team that just acquired Max Domi. That's a very good team. Nashville's a different situation, but again, it, it showed what the Hawks are capable of when they play as a team for a full 60 minutes. 3-1 was the final here tonight. Nashville over the Blackhawks. Andy Mazur filling in for the man who's upstairs joining me here, Joe Brand, who is in for Troy Murray tonight alongside John Wideman on the broadcast here tonight. You know, you mentioned it, uh, you, and, you and John were talking about it, and you mentioned it just a moment ago about Luke Richardson and his staff. And, you know, it would be, you, t- you take your first NHL head coaching job and you think to yourself, okay, well, I've got to put my stamp on this team. But at the same time, you have to be realistic about the situation in front of you. And it doesn't seem like Luke was, was even uh, – fooled is probably the wrong word to use. But, there was, there was, again, there was no surprises for him. And the way that he and his staff have kind of developed a positive energy – amongst a lot of losses. I mean, it's, it's tough, but he's been able to do that job along with that staff. When Luke Richardson was first hired, there were so many people raving about what type of player's coach he was and, and how the Blackhawks made the right decision. And, of course, it's easy for us to just take that word and run with it. But once he started getting incorporated with this team, you, you did kind of see it. You saw his, uh, his, ab- his ability to just stay even-keeled, to keep things in check, to not... Uh, go to extreme lengths negatively or positively. And then you got to see it with him getting this team motivated each and every night to come and play a game because losing wears on players and losing wears on teams. So it's important for the head coach to make sure that uh, you know he's able to keep this team motivated each and every night. But the other thing I'm realizing now, Andy, other than Troy Murray being a complete nuisance and trying to distract me while, while I'm trying to do this. but He misses uh, you. Come on. Yeah, no, I miss him too. And I'm so pleased that the TV star can come and grace us with his presence. Um, the other thing I've noticed about Luke Richardson is he came up through the ranks through the minor league system coaching-wise, right? He, he stood behind the bench in Montreal, so he got he got a taste of coaching at the NHL level as well. But he's so in-tuned with the mentality of these players. That's a huge aspect of how he coaches. And it's such a unique role for him to come and accept this job. Because, yeah, sure, it, during the offseason, there's all these NHL job openings. 
But the Blackhawks job opening is is so unique. And not saying like, oh, it's so special or anything like that. And this is a team going into a rebuild. So, okay, maybe you're you're given a little bit of a longer leash, right? You're you're given a couple of years. But it's also how are you going to benefit our team right now if there's hardly any players on this team that might be on the next successful Blackhawks team? And I think he's just done a really good job of being transparent with the players, consistently telling them what he and the organization expects from them, not getting too hard on these guys because he understands that they're going to be overmatched a lot. And I think that in turn motivates this team a lot to come out every night and do right by Luke Richardson. I mean, Max Domi hardly even, uh, I know he played the majority of the year here, but it was his first year in Chicago, and a big reason why he wanted to come here was because of Luke Richardson. And as soon as he got traded to a playoff team, he's already expressed his interest of coming back here. And again, the Blackhawks are in the first year of a rebuild. Nothing's guaranteed for next year for this team. But again, that's what a rebuild is. It's a long process. So again, and I know I'm saying again a million times, um, you're, you're just starting to see a lot of Luke Richardson's responsibilities and why the Hawks selected him for this job. I don't know what the end result is going to be for the Hawks and Luke Richardson, but for right now and the small sample size that we've seen, I do think that this has been the right decision. 3-1 to one Predators over the Blackhawks here tonight at the United Center. Andy Mazur alongside Joe Brand, and you know, let, let's talk about a couple of players here too. And you know, it really struck me. And we talked about this during the first intermission, but I don't know if a lot of fans were were tuned in. And I, I think it's worth repeating the fact that uh, that John mentioned something about Lucas Reichel tonight. That it, it kind of got me thinking. I I really never thought about it until he actually said the words here about the, the confidence factor with Reichel growing because, you know, young players tend to be deferential towards older players, and that was the case the first few times that Lucas Reichel made uh, made appearances with the Blackhawks this year. That's not the case now, and it seems as though, again, you'd rather be playing with a lot of talented players that have been in the league for a long time, don't get me wrong, but now for him to kind of establish himself, he's got a lot of the youth around him as well, and he can kind of do his thing now. I do think that Lucas Reichel has already made a couple of really important strides, and the biggest one came in his last stretch here at the NHL level. I do think fans need to be patient with him, though. He, he's the top prospect in the Hawks organization. Um, they did just recently uh, assign him to Rockford only on paper so that he can be used in the AHL playoffs for this upcoming year, and that's what the Hawks want. They want a long playoff run for the Rockford Ice Hogs. So at some point, Lucas Reichel is going to be a Rockford Ice Hog again. First off, the Hawks have been great with, again, being transparent with him about, hey, this isn't going to be a linear thing. We want you to become the best player you can be down in the AHL, and then you come up to the NHL. He's still a bit of a smaller guy. He's still a bit of a younger guy, but he is definitely making strides, and he's definitely growing, and he's definitely improving. So I I hope everyone can be a little bit patient of Lucas Reichel because not everyone is Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and able to come to the NHL and make an impact right away. So it is going to take a little bit of time, but I do think we are starting to see strides from Lucas Reichel as of late that are going in the right direction. Today he, was, he just seemed a little bit more confident with the puck, especially right in front of the net. Luke Richardson wants to see him hold on to it a little bit more instead of just giving it away, and maybe he will do that now with uh, less 
stellar players on the ice, you know, not the huge playmakers anymore. He He's going to eventually become one of the better players on the ice now for the Hawks. So maybe he will just gain that confidence a little bit more just by that experience. And, uh, again, I, I don't think it's going to be linear, but I do think he's making the right strides. All right, real quick, before we let you go, uh, since we're talking about Rockford and you, you did mention those paper-type moves, I think maybe you can let the fans inside, you know, inside what that whole process was, and the fact that David Gust got sent down and really hasn't been a part of things right now. There, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and great point out by you, Andy. Uh, the Rockford Icehogs tweeting out that David Gust is officially going to be a dad. Um, we actually chatted with him on Blackhawks Live the other week, so go ahead uh, and check it out on WGNRadio.com. It's a baby girl. Uh, he and his wife have two names selected, and they're going to choose the name once they see the baby for the first time. But uh, just an overall, such a cool story. Southside guy actually went to the uh, Harvard of the Midwest in terms of high schools in Marist High School. Uh, that's that's what I've been hearing it's called. Um, and I uh, grew up a Hawks fan. Uh, I almost hung up the skates on the game, decided, no, give it one more shot. My hometown team wants to sign me to a to an AHL contract, but let's give it a go. Uh, he said he'd even do it just for the preseason experience, and he got that, and he got a lot more when he gets the NHL call up and then his first goal on his first shot in his first game. Just, just such a cool movie-like moment, and it seems like he's taking it all in in quite a year, quite a, quite a month for this dude. I mean, he should play the lottery tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was quite a night for Rockford too, with the fact that they were uh, their their tweet basically showed how shorthanded they were tonight because uh, Brett Cini got hurt the other night, Gust was away, uh, Grimaldi and Kudobin have been given a little more time to report, so they basically had a couple of D men skating as forwards tonight uh, in their game, and uh, you know that that's kind of what uh, what this time of year is all about for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone's got to pitch in, and, and even more now because a lot of those guys are now being spread to the NHL level, and that's why Kyle Davidson was making moves to complement both the Hawks and the Rockford Icehawks. I mean, he, he made some moves specifically to bolster up Rockford's roster because he wants to see a long playoff run because that experience is just as beneficial for these guys to get NHL experience because there's going to, at some point, and maybe even right now there's going to be more intense games for those players to play down in Rockford than here with the Hawks, unfortunately, but he wants to make sure he he utilizes what's at hand at that point. I was going to let you go, but one other name popped into my head here that I want to get your thoughts about because, you know, Cole Gutman, not a lot of people knew who he was before this season started. Yeah, he had some some time with them during uh, during the exhibition season. Uh, this is the kid that wears number 70, and he gets, seems to be flying all around the place. And, and now he's getting a real decent look and uh, an opportunity here at the NHL level for the final uh, 20 games of this season. I'm like 99% sure I'm right on this, but I, I don't think he was assigned to Rockford through the paper trail. So he's going to finish this year with the Hawks. And I know there's a couple of reasons for that. He he did get a little bit banged up with the Ice Hogs this year. Um, so I, I think they want to make sure he can he can totally get healthy this off season. But he is not showing any signs of not being healthy whatsoever. I thought he looked great tonight. Again, Troy Murray's been huge on him uh, the past couple of games. He just he knows what he wants to do with the puck. He doesn't overthink things. He doesn't look overmatched, even though he's he's new with the Hawks right now. As John mentioned in the broadcast, just his tenth game. Um, always doing the right things. And actually, this is the first home game he didn't score a goal in. He had scored in three straight home games until tonight. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I've really been impressed by Cole Gutman's game because honestly, this is what he was doing in Rockford, and he's translated translated it very well to the NHL level. Joe, thank you very much for the time, and thank you for allowing me to warm your seat until you get back into it uh, in a couple of days. Hey, Andy, the thank yous are all from me. Really appreciate you uh, taking it head on, doing a great job, and uh, just letting me uh, kick up my feet a little bit during the uh, intermissions. It was, it was fun to uh, do a little reversal, uh, but, uh, again, really appreciative. Actually, let me just give uh, one birthday shout-out to Ryan yeah. McCampbell, av- avid Hawks listener up in Milwaukee, and uh, almost never misses a game, so happy 32nd birthday. Uh, who almost shares it with Chicago. His birthday's tomorrow. Very true. Okay, tell Troy you're all his now, okay? <laughs> yeah, no. I, Troy, Troy left a long time ago. Oh, so. okay. All right, thanks a lot, All right, Andy. Joe. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Joe Brand joining us from up atop uh, here at the United Center after the Blackhawks lose 3-1 to one to the Nashville Predators. So much more coming up here on our postgame show. We'll hear from some of the players, uh, also from head coach Luke Richardson, hopefully, and uh, we'll get you the recap of this one, uh, reflect on the three stars of the game, and get you ready for our next broadcast coming up here on Monday night against the Ottawa Senators, which, of course, will be the return to the United Center for Alex DeBrinkin. More of that coming up in just a moment. 3-1 the final. It was the Predators over the Blackhawks. Blackhawks postgame rolls on here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks postgame rolling on here from the United Center after the Blackhawks lose 3-1 to to the Nashville Predators. Hawks scoring the first goal of the game only 37 seconds in. But it was pretty much all Nashville on the score sheet after that. In fact, it was all Nashville on the score sheet after that in a 3-1 win for the Predators here over the Blackhawks. Let's catch up here and uh, pick up the th- postgame thoughts that is of head coach Luke Richardson. Very quick start. I mean, it's a disappointing, frustrating. Could you keep building on that a little more? Yeah, I thought the first part of the first two periods we played better like that. And then uh, we kind of dropped out. We were more physical skating and, uh, you know, had the puck uh, driving offensive, you know, plays more. But, uh, you know, I think the took a penalty or a couple penalties and that kind of slowed us down a bit um and then uh yeah we just seemed to be a little bit too much in the d zone uh uh but and not enough in the ozone but uh you know what our our guys uh you know they they played and i thought they played to the game plan well um you know it kind of fell off a little bit uh, for pace for for me but uh uh, you know, I think we're still trying to find ourselves. You know, we got new line combinations again. You know, it's only been a, a few days, and then we put new D pairs together. I think on the first penalty kill goal, they're all four new guys. So, uh, you know, just just a, like a little bit off maybe, and uh, you know, goes in goes in the net there. But uh, we'll still work on it and try and uh, rectify a few things and uh, try and get a little bit more of the like we played. I thought the first half of the first period for sure. Uh, Reichel was saying. Chemistry is a challenge, obviously, with all the moving pieces. Uh, what do you think of his? Um, you know, I mean, I thought uh, they were they were okay that line. I think they, they just got to have they got to find a little more jump. There was a like great play. On, he made a fantastic play on the boards, and that's the area that's number one for for me is that red zone. And not only did he make a nice play, then he got up in the rush, and uh, uh, you know Seth got up there and finished it off. And, and we need more explosive plays like that from himself Kurashev and and double a i think sometimes uh they slow down and make plays slow down they stop moving their feet and they try and saw something through uh you know it, it worked on the first one is because i think we had more pace on the rush i think we had one in the third period where you know double a's got to use his more speed more he's got to he's down the left wing and he's got to keep driving it deeper um players feel more uncomfortable 
around there and they're not you know there's going to be people missing uh, checks and if we don't have a shot at least we can turn it up and hit the second wave and uh, that we have to do that more and we'll work on that um, but that's somewhere where I think we've turned pucks over a little bit uh, um, you know offensive guys like that Kershaw had a couple tonight I think double a had a couple in the third period and uh, you know Reichel I don't think he turned too many pucks over tonight but I think you know we'd like to see just that more explosive speed and uh, you know it's not always easy to do it's not going to be there every shift but I think we need to be driving and looking to how we're going to be able to do that and generate more. As you've lost veterans a few guys have mentioned Jonathan Taves talking early in the year about everyone should have a voice it shouldn't have to be a veteran to have a voice do you still feel Taves' presence even when he's not there every day? Yeah and he's been around he's uh, he's he's been back uh, you know at the rink and working out so he's around with the guys and talking with the guys I think that helps because I think he's not afraid to say things even though he's not playing and uh, and talk about certain situations with guys but uh, uh, and I'm sure he encourages them to do say things and uh, you know I think I, I see a lot of communication on the bench uh, you know I think I'd like to see it translate onto the ice there's a couple times uh, in the game tonight where we we're not talking on the ice it's too quiet and maybe a little bit of a mix-up for a second or two but that's all it takes in this league so uh, that's something that we need to just work on whether you're a veteran or or a young guy. I think England had nine hits tonight. Do you like what he, the physicality for him? Yep, no, for sure. I think, you know, we, we just got to work on him keeping it simple, too, and, and recognizing the odd time when he wants to play that aggressive. He's just got to make sure F3 is above their guy so we're not outnumbered on any rushes. There was a couple close calls there, but he is. He's physical, and not too many people slide off him. Uh, so we like that about his game. And, um, you know, I think that rubs off. I think other guys get kind of pumped up and physicality becomes uh, uh, contagious. So uh, I thought that was good in the first period that, that uh, uh, kind of filtered through our whole lineup. I thought, you know, even Reichel came into the D zone at the end of the first period and he hit and pasted a guy down low because he was the low guy and we want to see that. He can do that just as well as he can skate 100 miles an hour and make uh, skilled plays at the other end. I think we need both out of uh, everybody and it was a good sign that we saw him playing harder like that. Yeah, you definitely. He's not as big, and he doesn't have the, the same speed as Laugh. But uh, he, you know, I mean, he's kind of a similar type player, and um, you know, I mean, he's he's pretty responsible out there. I thought he made some good plays, and uh, you know, it's his first crack at it today with our team. You know, he wasn't even. Um, you know, on the ice with us yesterday, it was just the morning skate. So that's a pretty good first showing, I thought. And uh, you know, he did a pretty good job in the penalty kill tonight, and uh, and playing with uh, you know, Dickey. And uh, you know, I think I think they can maybe kind of start to work and get a little bit more chemistry, so they can be a little bit more like at the end. I thought they were like Laugh and uh, uh, Dickey were lethal on the penalty kill, and uh, tonight in the second period, I think Rate was this close to getting a breakaway. Uh, Shorthanded uh, for for uh, Bjork, and it was Dicky just couldn't get it by the last guy by their bench. So it was close, and if we would have got that by, it would have looked uh, a lot different. We would have been praising the chemistry already, but uh, I think it's a good step in the right direction. You know, uh, going back to uh, uh, England with the, with the boring, uh, I mean, it's, it's a physical message, but uh, is that? Kind of over the line for you? You know, I think it's just he's that strong. It's, sometimes it's a case of a, one guy being a little, you're, you're just too strong. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had a guy and the guy starts, to, they were wrapped up together and, and he was starting to fall and he just he just doesn't stop. He just finishes his check. So 
Um, you know, it wasn't high stick or anything. I think he just kind of s- squeezed him in the boards a little too hard, forceful for the referee. And, um, you know, lucky enough, they went in and kind of challenged the, the play. Uh, I think it was Trennan or someone, and it kind of worked out and evened up uh, for us. But, uh, you know what, I, I, I'd rather try and pull guys back and, and curt a little bit of over-aggressiveness than it's not built inside of a guy, it's hard to teach. You know what I mean? If you're if you're not, like, uh, um, you know, aggressive and a physical guy like that, it's, it's really hard to teach. It's either in you or it isn't. So it, it's good that we can kind of maybe show them a few things. They need to pull back a little bit, relax a little bit out there, and you can still hit and pin a guy without putting four rows into the section of the first uh, uh, section of seating. But... Uh, you know, I, I just I like his aggressiveness, and I, I think he's not dirty. He just plays hard, and, uh, you know, that that's going to be something that hopefully it rubs off on everybody, and Tinner's the same way too. All right, the thoughts of Luke Richardson, head coach of the Blackhawks here tonight. Uh, interesting that he did like the first half of that first period, and it was uh, – it was good. I mean, that was about as well as they could play, considering everything that was going on. As he pointed out, two new lines and new deep pairs. And uh, unfortunately, on that penalty kill, that was the situation. And he said they were a little off. And, of course, when you're a little off, things go wrong. And uh, they found one in the back of the net. And that was actually the, the game-winning goal at that point, 2-1 uh, to one at that point. And then the empty net made it 3-1. to one, And Nashville beats the Blackhawks here tonight. Three to one. One bright spot here for the Blackhawks, and we're going to pick it up here with a guy with an assist in the first goal. The 37 seconds in was Lucas Reichel. Our Kevin Wells was among those reporters. Pick catching up with Lucas Reichel. Lucas, how much of it out there is, is just feeling it out with so many new faces and trying to figure out how everyone plays and everything? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we have so many new guys, and uh, uh, it's, at first it's a little bit, you know, you try to find a chemistry, and uh, it's not easy, but I think uh, everyone does a good job like get to know each other in the locker room just talking and help each other out so it helps a lot is it tough to create offense against a structure like that um i mean uh, i think today was was good we started good uh, it's kind of like the last game first period was pretty good and in the second period i uh, played a lot of these it was uh, hard to get the puck out and uh, i think if we uh, make their better job we, it's easier to create offense how do you feel about uh, getting this much time, knowing that uh, you know it's kind of wide open now for younger guys uh, to get ice time? Um, yeah, I mean it's good for us, for for the young guys, get some experience, and uh, it's always nice. Everyone wants to play in the NHL and uh, and try their best. So uh, we have a we have a young team, and uh, it's exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next few games. Has it been hard for you to be patient in Rockford this year, knowing how well you played last time you were up? Uh, not hard. Uh, just like con- try to control uh, everything what I can, and I can't control it if I play in NHL or AHL, so I just try my best wherever I play. Your time in the NHL has been mostly alongside Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. Does it feel different to play without either of those two guys? Does the game have a different feel? Um, it's just like, uh, yeah, weird to see Kane in a Rangers jersey, I think. Uh, yeah, since since I grew up, uh, he was always my favorite player, and he, he would always play for a black horse, and it's, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but uh, uh, we, we got to move forward, and uh, uh, it's definitely, like, tough to, you know, like, lose those guys because they help us a lot, and the young guys too, but uh, uh, we're looking for the future, and, uh, uh, we, yeah, we try to make the best... Where we can. 
Is it their kind of experience? Is it more valuable to you off the ice, you know, in the locker room, getting tips from them or watching them on the ice and playing with them? Yeah, I think everything, just talking to them, even, you know, like, not just going to dinner, with, uh, I went a couple times dinner last year with Taser and just talking to him, not just about hockey, just, like, uh, get to know him a little bit and uh, that helps, like, we get, like, a little chemistry and then you go on the ice and then you talk about, like, little things, what I can do better and, uh, um, yeah, that helps a lot and, yeah. How do you feel about your performance individually tonight? Um, yeah, I think it was good. Like I said, uh, first period was good. Second period was, uh, yeah, lots of D zone. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, just try to get like uh, get the pucks a little quicker, and then uh, we can create ozone. I think uh, my line, or our line, is a uh, we are really fast, Christian double A, and uh, we are like uh, make really good plays on the rush and. Uh, that helps when we get the puck out in the diesel. Do you see yourself as a winger or a center now? Like, is this... uh, I play uh, whatever they tell me. So, uh, uh, not D, but uh, <laughs> center, left wing, or right wing. Doesn't matter wherever they want me. You don't have a preference? Uh, I mean, I played left wing in junior and uh, uh, pro hockey, and they draft me as a left wing. And uh, the year after, uh, I played center and we uh, won that championship with Germany and so uh, I play everything wherever they need me. Goalie? <laughs> no goalie. <laughs> Lucas Reichel, after the Hawks lose 3-1, to one, he did figure in on the scoring of that first goal 37 seconds into the game uh, with an assist. He was a minus one on the night and uh, you can tell the personality is coming out a little bit more too. He feels a little more comfortable here every time he's back with, uh, with the Blackhawks. Asked if he was, prefers being a left winger or center. He says, I'll play wherever they want me to, just not defense and definitely not goalie. Uh, I should also bring up uh, when we we heard from Luke Richardson that uh, Jonathan Taves is in the building and he has been working out again. Uh, so there is still not a timetable for the captain's return to the ice. Uh, but uh, good that he is around, good that it seems like he's feeling a little bit better. Uh, that is certainly uh, some positive news going forward here for the Blackhawks and be great to see him on the ice again before this season is over. And of course, we know that he's been dealing with the illness from uh, last year and the year before. And uh, and uh, you wish him the best, obviously. And it's great to hear that uh, the captain Jonathan Tay is back here in the building, at least, and around the team, working out and working maybe towards getting back out of the ice here sometime before this season comes to an end. Time now for our player with the most heart, and the player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. I'm going to go with the goaltender tonight, Peter Morazic. Uh, he's been a steady Eddie guy all year long, and especially now with all the uh, the uh, turnover here with this with his club, he, new D pairs as Luke Richardson was talking about, uh, some different looks on the on the power kill, uh, power play, and the penalty kill. Uh, he managed 22 saves in the game tonight, kept the Blackhawks in the game. So Peter Morazic is our player with the most heart here tonight. Hawks lose by the score of 3-1. to one. Much more coming up here on our postgame show. We'll uh, recap the scoring for you. And again, as mentioned, we'll get you ready for Monday night's broadcast. That is when we return the return of uh, Alex Dabrinkit here to the United Center. Should be a, a spirited night as uh, the cat makes his return to the United Center in the Ottawa, sweat, uh, Ottawa sweater. Uh, speaking of Ottawa, we'll we'll talk about the what they did tonight too, and get you uh, caught up on some of the other scores around the National Hockey League as well. The one of importance, of course, tonight: the Predators beat the Blackhawks three to one. More of our post game show coming up in just a moment here on seven twenty WGN. 
Predators beat the Blackhawks tonight 3-1 to here at the United Center. Andy Mays are back with you here on our post-game show. Let's get to our three-star selection sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The uh, Hawks did not figure in the uh, three stars here tonight. Uh, third star was Phil Tomasino of the Nashville Predators. UC Saros uh, picking up the number two star. And Tyson Berry scoring his first goal as a member of the Predators. Uh, he is the number one star of the game. We'll get to his goal in just a second. But let's recap it for you. Things certainly started off on the right foot here for the Blackhawks right off the faceoff. They established themselves in the Nashville zone and got the first one across. Caleb Jones scoots it around at the left wing side. Reichel got free from a check, moves with to Seth Jones at center ice. To Athanasiu over the Preds line in front for Jones. He scores! 37 seconds into the game, the Hawks take the lead. Seth Jones redirecting a pass into the back of the Predator net. That's his eighth goal of the season, and it's 1-0 Hawks. And it came from Athanasiu and Lucas Reichel. Again, 37 seconds into that first period. And the Blackhawks found themselves in front, one to nothing. That lead lasted about nine minutes into that first period. Onto the stick of Kiefer Sherwood. Works it away. Now Barry at the left point. Down to Sherwood, left circle to Trenton in the slot. One-timer. They score. And then one of the Predators ran into Peter Morazic on this goal. I think the goal will count because the collision occurred after the goal was scored. And for the Predators, it looks like Phil Tomasino will get credit. They've tied it at one with a power play goal. And he did indeed his second of the year. Trenton and Sherwood with the assist, 9.36 in to period number one, and it was tied at one apiece. There was only one goal in the second period, and unfortunately, it belonged to Nashville. In the near corner, Evangelista put the puck to the left point to Barry, sent it over to the right point to McDonough, firing from there. That puck is blocked. Here's Barry with a shot from straight away. They score! And this one was tipped in behind Peter Morazic. And I believe this is going to be the first goal. It's Tyson Berry's first goal as a Predator. Indeed, it was 11th of the season overall. Ryan McDonough and Tommy Novak with the assists, and it was a 2-1 to game after two periods. Only one goal in the third period. That was an empty netter. Colton Sissons with his 10th of the season. Ryan McDonough with the assist on that one, and that made it a 3-1 to game, and that's where things ended. And the Blackhawks dropped this one 3-1 to to Nashville. Blackhawks did outshoot the Predators 28-24. to The difference, again, the power play, Nashville 1-3, of and the Blackhawks were 0-2 on the power play here this evening. Let's get you to the uh, scoreboard in the uh, National Hockey League. Let me get to the uh, scoreboard here. Again, my computer is just playing really nasty tricks on me here tonight, which is uh, not your fault. It's my fault. Uh, Let's get to the uh, games that are in progress right now, and that would be several games, as a matter of fact. (laughs) This computer. I'm telling you, I'm going to throw this thing out, and I'm going to throw it through the window in a second. Uh, Let's go to the scoreboard here. Let me get you uh, caught up on what's going on. There's a couple of games in progress. It is the Wild leading the Flames 1-0. They're now in the second period, early on in the second period. The Blues and the Kings, they are all tied at one apiece after one period of play. Uh, Everything else in the National Hockey League is a final. The Islanders beat the Wings 4-1, and the Sabres doing some damage in Buffalo. Power sends it back in behind the net. Edmund stays on Cousins' back. Sabres free up, scores! Vinny Hinnestroza with some great work behind the net. 2-1 Buffalo with 14.25 to go in the second. 
Dan Dunleavy on the MSG Network right there. Former Hawk Vinny Hinnestrosa with the goal. Sabres wind up winning that game 5-3 to three over the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Bruins remain red hot. In front of the Bruins bench, it's Bertuzzi. In his Bruins debut, lobs it into the right corner. Frederick protects it, sends it back to the net. Bertuzzi, out in front, Coyle shoots, he scores! Charlie Coyle picks a seam through Igor Shisterkin. Bruins won, Rangers nothing. And that, of course, Judd Serrata, 98.5, the sports hub. The Boston Bruins go on to a 4-2 to win over the New York Rangers. The Bruins have now won 10 straight games. They're 49-8-5, and and uh, no points in that game for Patrick Kane in his second game as a blue shirt. Stars beat the Avalanche 7-3. Dallas on a bit of a run, 4-0-1 in the last five games. Max Domi making his Dallas debut yesterday, or today, that is, as well. Panthers beat the Penguins by the final score of 4-1. to it was the Capitals all over the Sharks, 8-3 to in San Jose, the final. Senators beat the Blue Jackets 5-2. to We'll hear from about the, more from the Senators coming up in just a few moments. The Canucks over the Maple Leafs by the final of 4-1. to And it was the Jets over the Oilers, 7-5. to That is also a final. And also a final here at the United Center. Unfortunately for the Blackhawks, they find themselves on the wrong end of a 3-1 to score as the Nashville Predators come into town and beat the Blackhawks by that final of 3-1. to We will take our final timeout, and when we come back, we'll get you ready for a Monday night's broadcast against the Ottawa Senators. Again, that's a game where Alex DeBrinkett will make his return to the United Center. He was traded, of course, in the offseason as Kyle Davidson began his rebuild process. That happened in, in the summer as well. And we'll get to that and much more coming up here on our postgame show in just a moment from the United Center, where, again, the Nashville Predators beat the Blackhawks. 3-1 to one is the final. More coming up on 720 WGN. Andy Mays are back with you here at the United Center. Uh, Blackhawks postgame as the Hawks fall to the Nashville Predators 3-1. to one. That's the final here tonight. You know, I wish there was more uh, offense we could tell you about. But, I, again, as we were talking with Joe Brandt earlier tonight uh, on our postgame show, there was a lot to like about what the Blackhawks were doing tonight, especially in that first period. Uh, as head coach Luke Richardson pointed out, the first half of that first period was what he wanted to see. But again, you didn't exactly know what to expect from this club because it had been through a lot. Uh, there had been a lot more subtractions uh, of talent than there were additions of immediate talent at this point. These are guys that are still trying to work their way into being NHL players on a consistent basis. Uh, but what we saw from the beginning was was likable. And uh, we were wondering at the time, is this adrenaline? Or is this real? And it kind of evened itself out a little bit. The second period, a little bit more uh, tilted as far as the ice was concerned towards Nashville. And uh, again, that third period, again, pretty evenly played. But again, Nashville getting the only goal, that one on the empty netter to salt things away in a 3-1 to win over the Blackhawks here tonight at the United Center. We mentioned the next game coming up. It's the Blackhawks against the Ottawa Senators. Cleared all the way back down ice. Icing waved off as in behind the play was Goudreau waiting for a long bomb pass. Now he gives it away, and it's a three-on-one. Kachuk slides it in, Stutzla cuts in, scores! Stutzla retakes the lead! And Dean Brown there on TSN, 1200 AM with the call there as the Blackhawks will take on the Ottawa Senators here on Monday night. And again, we'll be on with you a little bit later. That's a little bit later of a puck drop, 7.30 for the pregame. It'll be an 8 o'clock puck drop here at the United Center on Monday night in the return of Alex Dabrinkit. Here to Chicago, and I'm sure they have some nice things planned for uh, for the cat. Uh, nice video, I'm sure we'll be playing. And uh, one of those real likable players uh, that uh, had been around these parts for for a few years, uh, but one of the tradable assets and commodities. And that's exactly what uh, Kyle Davidson uh, was basically forced into before the draft. 
uh, wound up getting some picks for him, and uh, that's uh, that's how the whole thing turned out. But uh, Alex DeBrinkin, I'm sure, will be welcomed back here with open arms here at the United Center coming up on Monday night. That'll be the next time we will hit the air with you here again. Again, 7.30 for the pregame show and an 8 o'clock puck drop as the Hawks take on the Ottawa Senators here at the United Center. Big thanks to John Weideman, to our friend Troy Murray, also to Krista Flores and Brett Jackson back at our studios. Paul Zarang here at the United Center. Big thanks also to Kevin Wells and Jack Heinrich. And, of course, Joe Brand for his assistance here tonight uh, in calling the game on the the Blackhawks Network as well. So uh, that'll do it for us here as Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco by Budweiser, by ComEd, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives, by United Airlines, and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing services. Steve and Johnny coming up next year right after a check of the news from Ron Brown here on WGN. Sandy Mazur saying goodnight from the United Center. Once again, the final score was the Predators 3 and the Blackhawks 1. Thanks for listening tonight. This has been Blackhawks Hockey on 720 WGN.